Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) I I was hoping you missed that because it was really odd. It was the best. Are, are you kidding? I, I LOL'd. <laughs> Hi, friends. Good. Hey. Greeting. Greeting, human. Gre- Wait, greetings. Is that from Cone, Coneheads? I think it's originally from Star Trek. Well, this is. Oh. Right. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I the think... whole greetings. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Welcome to the Purely OCD podcast, everybody. Welcome. We're going to be talking about false memory OCD today. Yeah, um, exactly. I was going to try and make a joke like, or are we? But that didn't make any sense. So <laughs> it does make sense, though. Does it? <laughs> what am I doing? Oh, my gosh. Don't mess with me. Oh, my um, God. So, uh, yeah. So false memory OCD today. Do we want to give like a little rundown on on what in the world that is? Because I'm sure some people won't won't know about it. Yes. Um, let's see if I can say the basic. Cool. So the basic would be if somebody, and I want to delineate between this and, and real event OCD, because I think sometimes people get them confused, right? Mm-hmm. To say, Yeah, they, they do come up a lot together. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. Like and in they, terms of discussion. Yeah. Right. And they actually can come up together for sure. Yeah, that's true. So the real event stuff is if there is an event in the past where you've actually done something and you're ruminating over it and you're attaching a bunch of meaning to it and hence the OC cycle begins. With false memory OCD, it's going to be reviewing a memory that may or may not have happened and become, for example, would be in the past I think I had a memory of harming somebody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like really choose your own adventure. Yeah. But harming somebody. That's a good one. Harm. Yeah. What's another one? Uh, I see this come up with, with POCD. Um, But it, yeah. And it can be, I think uh, this is sort of a a, a divergence from what you're talking about, but it can be like recent past as in, Oh my gosh, yeah. five, five seconds ago, did I do that? And just like blank out or suppress Black it or out. something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or 10 years ago, what if that happened? What right. if, 
whatever. And I said POCD because oftentimes it's like, did I just touch somebody inappropriately and miss it? Or like a child inappropriately um, can be a fear that comes up. I see that a lot and I see it um, in the past, right? Like uh, years past. So it could be 10 years ago when I was a nanny and I was changing diapers. I have a memory of changing their diaper, but did I touch them inappropriately? Right. Right. And now I have this image in my head that I touched them inappropriately. Is that a memory? What if that's a memory? And there we go. Off to the races goes OCD. to the Kentucky Derby. Oh my gosh. True. Yep. Um, So I have to take heart medication three times a day. Well, now it's two times, but I take it so often Mm. that I forget. I used to set timers so that I would know and remember, but there's so much memory in it that I'm like, did I take it or not? Right. So that's an example of like how quickly you can lose track of memory. And, And I'm like, okay. I could quickly overattend and be like, let me remember every inch of it being in my hand. Let re- let me remember the swallowing. Let me remember the sensation after. Yeah. Um, that's not fun. Don't do that. Uh, no, don't do that. <laughs> we don't know. Did we take it? Probably. Uh, and it's hard because sometimes you will actually forget, right? What I, I know I take medications. So it's like, did I actually take that? Well, yeah, and that was sure. just, that's just one of my pills. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But I think that this is where real event and uh, OCD and, and false memory, uh, they can dovetail into one another because of what happens when we consistently review something in our minds um, and, and how, so with real, it, with real event OCD, you might continuously revisit a memory to try and get certainty about something that did happen. If... Um, on the other hand, with false memory OCD, you you find that, you know, that you're going back to this image or this thought that's that's come in to the mind. Um, you might like continuously sort of revisit that. And and so, but that that going over the this thing that's happened in the mind, it's there's a, a sort of similarity, if that makes sense. Yes. Sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying to block people. That's yeah. Why. So for those of us who are joining us in the podcast universe, sometimes when we record, uh, people come on and, and just like to say rude things, it happens. So there you go. Um, but I, I, I hope that my discrepancy between, false memory versus real event, but also that sort of conjointly how they, they can mirror one another and that let's constantly review this thing in in the mind, whether it's a real memory or it's a memory or a, a thing that you're afraid that is a memory. Um, Right. And how that can start to really play with your mind turns into big mind F, you know? Yeah. And the more you review it, the foggier it gets. Yep the less tangible, like, oh, well, uh, you know, and with, to your point with a real memory, it gets foggier and less clear with a false memory. There's a, it's like convoluted. 
yeah, it starts to to get messier as to what where that line is between something that actually happened and what's just sort of popped up in your mind. Right. Brains. Exactly. Brains. Brains. Mm. They're so powerful. It's it's kind of wild, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say something, but it's unrelated. Oh, well, you could say it. I mean, we could well, go off the rails a little bit. I, th- I think that I may have mentioned it when I was doing the um, VR stuff with the Oculus, mm-hmm. um, with Kevin's situation at his office and how he has this one um, simulation where you walk a plank at mm-hmm. like 60 stories up of a building and uh, I know rationally like I'm an adult I'm not a child like my brain's fully developed I think although if it keeps developing that would be great and I'm like I can't walk the like the plank I'm not willing to I'm that scared my brain is freaking out like it's really it's just, it's carpet underneath me and I'm fully convinced. It's just kind of a wild experience to see how much our brains can play tricks on us. Yeah. Um, so yeah. No, it's so true. I, I, we actually were given an Oculus, uh, Oculus rather, um, a couple of years ago and we have a climbing uh, what's your face? Like a, a game. I guess it's a game. It's funny because it's not like, it's just climbing, but you can, you can actually fall in the game. Oh. And so, and, and if you're just standing, you can sort of look, make it look like you're about to step off of a cliff. So any Oof. sort of fear of heights, which I, I'm not a big fan of heights generally, it, it does. It really activates that fear in a really intense way, even though rationally you understand that there's, there's no issue. It's just really, I'm, I'm telling you, well, you know, cause you did it, but it's just really a great example of like, wow, minds are really, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. are powerful. They organs. are. They, they are, there's something else, man. So with, with false memories, right? Like you may find yourself having these images and it's quite easy for the mind to convince yourself that it may have actually happened, right? That it, but it could have, right? Because, and if you start to look at it philosophically, there's not a a huge difference between a memory and a thought, right? right? So all of a sudden you're, you know, you're having these images and thinking, oh my gosh, did that actually happen? Which is really scary for people. So we mentioned two examples like harm OCD and then like a subtype of harm OCD, which is POCD. Um, any other ways that you see this coming up? I mean, checking contamination stuff, like, uh, you know, if you're worried about whether or not you've locked the door, and you're staring at like this is maybe a, on a micro level mm-hmm. versus like the bigger picture of like staring at the doorknob and being like in the lock like am I really did I really do that did I actually feel the lock yep. click yep. yep right and then it's then we have to redo it because you want to f- 
feel it all the way and remember it. Mm. And then that's where the whole issue lies of now we can't trust our own eyes. Now we can't trust our own memory. Hence why OCD makes you doubt every single thing you do, say, think, all yep. of it. That's so true. Actually, somebody mentioned it's hard. If if you're here and you have questions about this, if you could throw them in the question mark section uh, so that we can get to them later. But I did notice flying through on the the comments something about this, about the like the idea of uh, taking pictures to try to remember, which we call memory hoarding. Yeah. Yep. So or I think that's what I call it. I don't know if yeah. you do. I, I don't know that I call it anything. So yeah, I mean, I think that, that that's just, it sounds like a, a good name for it, right? You're just, because you're trying yeah. to hoard memories. Um, well, this is photo hoarding now, but yeah. yes, it's like the second tier. Of, yeah. Like you think you don't see it or remember it. Then you ask somebody else if they remember the thing. And then now we're moving on to photos or videos. Yep. Yeah. And it's just a way of checking later. Right? It's like a sort of backup of, oh, okay, well, I, I can't trust my own memory. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll go to this this physical evidence at some later point. Right. And then checking in on if we're going back to the POCD story of like, oh, what if I touch them inappropriately? Like checking seeing if that person if they're responding to you in a way that's like friendly instead of yeah. Like you're a predator. Yep. So yeah. And, and just for those watching, this is a really common compulsion, I think, um, for it, with the memory stuff is to check people's, the way people are interacting with you. Yeah. And not that that's going to satisfy OCD because nothing ever does. But the idea is that, oh, if I could just make sure that they're not upset or I haven't harmed them in some way, by reading their response to me interpersonally, then I'll be okay. Then I'll, then I'll know that I didn't do the thing. Of course, then the brain just goes, yeah, but what What if if they're they're lying lying? or (laughs) what if they're internally in huge amounts of pain or yeah, or judging or they're suppressing their memory. Ooh. Yeah. That one just came up. (laughs) You just came up with that one. That's beautiful. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hopefully we've done an okay job covering it. Yeah. Should we get into anything else and then? Yeah. I I would say maybe talking about some other compulsions that people have to do. So I I know we talked about this, but not necessarily naming it a compulsion, but reviewing the memory. So going over and over and over it and like, well, but, uh, and, and checking your feelings in relation to the memory, right. Or the memory, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so bringing up the image or whatever, and then trying to get a sense of, is that a factual event that occurred? Uh, you know, it's amazing how the brain thinks like, oh, I can figure this out by checking my feeling. Like that's, what's going to give me certainty here, but that's right. one way where. Yes. Yep. Um, Obviously, we said the mental review. We said checking other people to kind of get reassurance. Physical checks too to see, oh, well, is some of the physical evidence that might suggest that this thing did happen 
Is it there? Like, so for instance, if you have an image in your mind of hitting a car, right, you might go back to try and see, and this happens a lot in hit and run OCD is like, Oh, but I think I may have, Oh, I should probably go back and check. Um, Right to make sure that nobody's car is there or that there's no dent in that car that I saw or that nobody's laying on the road dead, right? Or maimed. Right. Exactly. No ambulance. No ambulance. No uh, no news reports. That's another thing. People will check uh, news reports. Somebody just said checking your own car for damage. Totally. Same, same idea there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any other ways people, so I would say that like a lot of this stuff we're talking about, if we're talking about it this broadly, it's kind of, it touches on all subtypes of OCD then. But if we're looking at it more of like, okay, I'm treating someone who most, mostly is obsessed with like a moment in time, yes, right? Like a false memory, truly. Yeah. Well, not like in the true sense of it being false, but in the true sense that that's the most presenting symptoms. Yes, that's the most loud of the obsessions. Yep. Yeah. Then like the hit and run stuff. It's like you see these micro false memory stuff coming up. It's really yeah, just how, mental review, right? Yeah. If we I, look at false memory. Yeah. Just a yeah. giant review. Yes. Just to make sure, make sure Mm -hmm. that it didn't happen. Or in some cases, like we were talking about earlier to make sure that it did happen, Mm -hmm. Um, whatever the case may be. I mean, with false memories, generally speaking, all of the compulsions are geared toward, I'm going to disprove that this thing happened so that I can make sure that I'm not a bad person or what have you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. Oh, actually, that's a really good point. Uh, Anxiety Josh just mentioned meshing itself with real events to stay relevant, which Mm. we're kind of talking about the overlap of real event and false memory earlier, but we didn't necessarily talk about how it can hook into real things, right? Like real things that happen and say, oh, but, but maybe this also happened as a part of that. Tricky brains. Right. Do you want to give an example? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good one. Um, like I was with my niece and I had, and I was playing with her and she sort of ran into my hand and her chest touched my hand. And I had an image in my mind of molesting her. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's where is, is this, you know, an actual memory or is it, that, that's kind of what I was interpreting what Josh was saying as, and, and something that I do see is where yeah. like, well, even just like having those types of intrusive that thoughts and then reviewing past events where, you know, maybe you played like doctor as a child, which is a normal <laughs> developmental experience for a lot of people, but using that as kind of like, did I, or did I not do that? Was it harmful? Did I hurt the other person? Right. And then using that too. So. Yes. Yeah. So the, and that's, I I agree. That's really where it gets sort of hooked into the the real event stuff because you might say, oh, 
maybe because like, I do have a, a clear memory of playing doctor when I was a kid with some other kid that proves somehow in my mind and the, the sort of working through of, of anxiety, um, maybe that means that I have this pre- predilection toward, toward pedophilia. And maybe that means that, you know, later on this other image that flashed into my mind is actually, uh, true. Maybe it, maybe I did do it. Right. So, okay. yeah. Well, so what do we think? Any, any other thoughts on this particular topic? Did we review how brains are tricky? (laughs) (laughs) That they're a-holes actually sometimes? They really can be. They can come up with some really impressively convincing arguments. One thing I will say is that saying, when you say them out loud though, and I, I see this with clients all the time, we'll be in session and they'll start trying to explain something to me that they believe. And then they're like, yeah, but when I say it out loud, it's like, I can't even, I can't even verbalize what it is that I'm, I'm anxious about. And yeah. that just speaks to what, uh, you know, mercurial thing OCD is and anxiety is. It's not, it doesn't even need the, the story behind it in order to, to get its grip. Yeah, it doesn't. And I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that the amygdala doesn't talk to the language part of our brain. So that's why people have a hard time describing it with words like that. It's hard to explain verbally. Maybe I read that wrong. Well, I I think that, that the parts of the brain communicate, but to your point, like uh, the amygdala is not like you can rationalize and that's not going to touch the underlying hyperactivity. Activate the activation that's, totally. that's come along with the with whatever trigger. So, uh, yeah, I think that to your point, it do, like, it just all down to it doesn't need to make sense. None of it does. Yeah, in order to be right. really compelling and to, but it feels real. In which you and I have talked about that. I'm sure ad nauseum for most, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. Okay. So we have some good questions. I'm excited. Okay. Well, a few of them we've already answered. Like, how can you tell or how can you tie it with real events, OCD? I think we covered that. The next one is a really good one, which we haven't addressed yet. So this person asks, how do you know if it's an actual false memory and not a real one? Which really is... I an important <laughs> yeah. concept of what we do, Absolutely. which is we can't figure it out. We, we can't. Um, and at the end of the day, does it really matter? Yeah. It may or may not. And so it we may or to, may not. Yeah. It may or may not. And that's where the scary part is, is that you have to be willing to say maybe, and I'm going to choose to live my life not knowing until the police come and knock on my door, I have to keep moving through my life. Yeah. I was just thinking about the the police knocking on the door and, and we, we do use a lot of imaginal exposure in the work that we do, because obviously 
you can't manufacture a situation in which the police actually come to your door right. and you get triggered. Um, and this, all of the the work that we do is uh, is around exposure and response prevention. So exposing people to the the things that trigger their anxiety, so that they get a chance to to get better at feeling those feelings of terror without doing all of these behaviors that interfere with life. And so looking at what the feared outcome is, which it oftentimes with, with real event or with real event, false memory, there mm-hmm. we go, OCD, um, is often the case that the, the fear is that somehow you know, you're going to get a surprise phone call from somebody saying like, you, you know, I don't hit you, me. Yeah. <laughs> you punched Dude, my dog in the face. Yeah. How dare you do- punch my dog in the face? Yeah. And, and that somehow, you know, you're going to, to be surprised and, and held responsible for something because you didn't catch it as an actual memory. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're going back to review all of those things. And so the work is to say, as you were saying, Kelly, I don't know. It could be. And looking at the facts, like we talked about several weeks ago with Catherine Bernfeld, uh, you know, looking at it and saying, okay, is, is there any really strong objective evidence? I've got this image that keeps coming up in my mind and, and thoughts, and I've got this feeling, but, you know, has somebody come to me already and told me that I punched their dog in the face? No? Okay. Well, and historically, am I a dog puncher? Am I? You know, this isn't funny, but like, come on, that's awesome. And like, are my, are my knuckles? I'm not suggesting that you should scan no. your knuckles, but like, no scanning. You down it, no, don't you like, know if you were feeling a punch? Probably. Well, I guess you wouldn't. If you have OCD, you doubt everything. So, <laughs> but I'm just it. saying, like, is your is your hand broken? No. Okay. Well, then we're gonna have to accept uncertainty because yeah. we we either can do that, we can accept uncertainty and live our lives not knowing whether or not we punch the dog in the face, or we can become completely absorbed in trying to figure it out. And the the worst part of that is you still don't figure it out. You still don't. And somebody had just wrote a good one in the chat box, in the, the feed, yeah. which I don't want to lose it because it's not in the chat box, but it, they asked... How do you handle um, the feeling where you feel compelled to confess a false memory to someone? Mm. Mm. Well, how do you, (laughs) what Kelly just did. Yeah. Right. Like that's because it's, that's (sighs) the experience and you allow yourself to have it is, is the short answer. I think. Yeah. We can become so like victim to this feeling of like, I must do it. If I don't, that bad, this bad thing will happen. It's like you want to have them sign the consent form. Like, I had these thoughts. They may or may not be true. Do you still want me to hang out with you? Yeah. And can you confirm, especially if it's the person, like, can you confirm that I didn't do this thing? <laughs> do you, you just... think someone else would, do you think that that was a bad thing too? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if that happened, do you think that I can forgive myself, essentially? hmm Yeah. And that's it. That is all of what, what it's down to is being willing to feel that underlying feeling to that person's question. It, that, 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 the, the, the oh, God, pull 
and the the drop of the stomach and the tensing in the chest and the tensing in the stomach and all of those things that come along with this experience, if you can embrace those, then you don't have to open your mouth and say the word, <laughs> right? That's it. Private experiences, folks. <laughs> Keep them private, man. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you shouldn't like, if you're seeing a therapist, you can talk to the therapist about it. Or if you have um, a friend who understands OCD to to discuss it. But even so, you know, limiting the amount that you're actually talking about the content, because that's, what's going to support you in accepting uncertainty. Scary stuff, what we do, but every step that you take where you're not compulsing, you're gaining a little more power and a little more strength every time. It's just, you're building, building more trust in yourself in the process. Yeah. So just be patient be willing to feel that uncomfortableness, even if it's like for five minutes and you've delayed the compulsion, right? Like it's better than just immediately reacting. Like yeah. anything's better than that. Yeah. That's so true. Like as a, a first step, just, just pressing pause. And then at the end of it, if you've done it, if you've managed to refrain from asking, you give yourself a freaking huge pat on the back. Yeah. High five. Yeah. Self five all over the place. Right. Because I mean that because one of the things that's important in recovery is acknowledging your wins so that you can build on them. Because if you don't, if you're like, yeah, but that was easy. Anyone could have done that. Then that's, that's not really acknowledging your hard work and what kind of a motivation is that for the future? Like, yeah. Why bother? Because that, you know, I should already be doing X, Y, and Z. We should exactly. do a whole episode on shoulds and recovery, by the way, I think. Actually, I agree. Did you already write that down as an idea? Probably. No, but I will. <laughs> no, I was, just, <sighs> I, I was like, never mind. No, so, you're right. But do we answer the question? Yes. The person asked about feeling. Yeah, we happy. answered two. Beautiful. Okay. Um, can false memory attach to something that really happened? Yes, I think we did kind mm-hmm. of remember this based on the the question or the the comment that was in the the chat too. Yes. They can all get all mushy and together, which makes them. OCD just loves messes. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just going to find any sort of ambiguity and, and lack of clarity and be like, see, I know (laughs) it's really a sucker. Um, so all right, we should probably, this will be the last one. What do you think? That sounds good. I can't see any of the chat. I don't know why it Okay. So did you get another one up? Yeah. I really like this person's handle photo. It's a cat with sunglasses, but anyways, um, it's, it says thoughts can also sometimes feel like really strong urges and then followed by commands, which are so scary because it makes you doubt your intentions and then it makes your thoughts feel even more real, right? This is not maybe directly related to what we're talking about, but I would say it kind of meshes with the real event stuff 
mm-hmm. and the false memory because it's like, oh, because it feels real now, that other thing in the past. I, I wasn't even paying attention then. I'm paying attention now because I'm dangerous now. Mm. What was I doing in the past when I was really like loosey-goosey and not constantly reviewing? Right. Then you might start to review all sorts of memories or like look for them. And then you might see like, okay, well, in that moment, what happened there? Did I do the thing? Did I? Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The There's first, also, oh, sorry, ahead. I was going to say, what was the first part of the, the question? It was the, uh, the commands, I think that I wanted to address because I think that component of, oh, well, I'm being sort of told to do things now in my mind. What if I was historically, this is where it can sort of overlap with mental health obsessions. So fears about psychosis or schizophrenia come into play as like, well, maybe I was experiencing command hallucinations at some point in the past. And I just don't remember. Woo. Yeah. There it is. We're sorry. It's just <sighs> like, it just, mm. it's a jab. it is a jab, but we're all living with that uncertainty by the way. And that's, I think something to keep in mind, like Kelly and I are both currently living with that uncertainty as is everyone else who's watching this because we can't know everything. We cannot know what's happened historically with 100% certainty. We can't know what will happen in the future either for that matter. Um, So the only thing is for me, that particular obsession hasn't hooked me right this moment. So I'm not particularly bothered by the fact that Perhaps at some point in the future, I, you know, hurt somebody secondary to having command hallucinations and I'm actually psychotic and I don't even know it, right? Like that, it just doesn't have its hooks in in me right now, but for somebody else, it absolutely could. And I think it's important to recognize that we're all tolerating that uncertainty all the time. It's just some of us are more or less aware of that particular brand of uncertainty in any given moment. Yes. Very well said. Great synopsis of the entire podcast, actually. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Anything else, though? For I'm, I am sorry for the person who, like, I mean, I'm sorry for oh. all of us that we have to navigate this, but I'm sorry that you're mm-hmm. having to to deal with the thoughts and and the. Should we do a brief homage to feeling real since it has come up? I don't want to sort of leave that untouched necessarily. Sure. Lest we become redundant. Yeah. So the, this goes into this feeling. Okay. So people will say, oh, it feels so real or it feels like I could just act on this, right? This goes into the last podcast we did with Catherine Benfield about um, urges, right? Urges. And it was he. Yeah. And Really what it comes down to is that the feeling you feel, because something can't feel real, that's not a feeling. Yeah. Sadness is a feeling, fear is a feeling, is that anger. you feel, yeah, anger, sadness, right, disgust. You feel fear. That's a terrible feeling, actually. You feel like if you don't do this, something bad will happen. If you don't pay attention to this, it's urgent, right? Like your brain is on fire 
mm-hmm. and you must do it. So we want to use our restructuring there with thoughts and say things like, just because it feels real doesn't make it true. Right. Right. Because that's right. emotional reasoning in there is. The, the great wor- world of cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. It's a common distortion and it gets us into trouble. Yes. Yep. And I think as we were talking about with Catherine, the, the reality is that when you say it feels real, what you're telling yourself is that it has a higher probability of being real somehow, as opposed to saying, I'm having the thought that it's real and it's accompanied by a strong pressure in my chest and uh, lifting in my stomach. In fact, sometimes if we're adding in sort of a mindfulness bent, I think that bypassing the discussion of what the emotional, the the name of the emotional experience is, like fear or anger or disgust, and just to look at objectively, oh, this is the, the experience that I'm having in my body right now, that there's maybe a little bit more space that people can make for for that versus fear, which even still feels nebulous, but to your, all of what you were saying before, yeah, you you can't feel real. It doesn't even Pinocchio, like he couldn't feel (laughs) real Yeah, once he was a real boy because it's, it's, I don't know why I said that. It was a dumb joke, but that's And the Velveteen Rabbit. Oh, I love the Velveteen Rabbit. The last time I listened to that story, I cried. It's so beautiful. I can't bring myself to read it again. Genevieve's like, oh, mommy, we're going to read this. And I was like, "Mm, I need like 10 more years. Yeah. We'll get back to it. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll circle back. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts on, on false memory OCD? Um, my last thought is that I hope you all find peace and acceptance in living with these experiences and let go of that control, that need and desire to be like, I have to figure this out, right? It's just maybe, yeah. maybe it's important but I'm going to live my life in values. Yeah. And that's it. Beautifully said. Thanks. I, I stumbled, but that's okay. It's did you? Just... I, I truly didn't notice, but I <sighs> thought it was beautiful. And I think it beautifully uh, sums up everything. So cool. Thank you for that, my friend. And thank, thank you all you. for joining us. Yes. Have a great week. Have a good enough week, I mean. Yeah. Have an okay week sometimes, but... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, exactly. we're therapists. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.